After the full moon of January 25th, the shape of the lunar disk will decrease into a thinner oval each night. This narrowing oval phase is called the waning gibbous, eventually reaching last quarter on February 2nd. This change in illumination happens because the moon slips backward among the stars by about 30 minutes each night as it orbits the Earth. Put another way, the full moon rises in the east just as the sun is setting in the west, but the last quarter moon of February 2nd won't rise until nearly 1 a.m. This is also sometimes called the morning moon because it won't set in the west until well after sunrise. Even though the waning gibbous is slowly passing into the post-midnight hours, there's plenty of time to study its surface features before it rises too late. With binoculars or a small telescope, look for the best details along the terminator, the line that separates the light and dark portions of the moon. There you can see long shadows cast from crater rims and mountain ranges, providing a sense of depth on the surface. Some of the most rugged areas will be in the south, these are the lunar highlands, pockmarked with hundreds of craters of all sizes and ages. Most striking will be the bright crater Tycho, with its streaks of bright rays stretching outward for hundreds of miles. To the upper left, or northeast section of the moon, you can see the large dark circular basin known as the Sea of Rains, an ancient lava flow left behind by an asteroid impact. Just beyond the lower left shore of this basin is a small, brilliant crater called Aristarchus. At only 450 million years old, the solar wind hasn't had enough time to darken the excavated material by space weathering. With the Delta College Planetarium in Bay City, I'm Mike Murray.